You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. To the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein and on deck this week. <laughs> the, the Panthers, the 2-12 and 12 Panthers in Charlotte. What could possibly go wrong on Christmas Eve? So much, and yet <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Due to obligation, we are here and we're going to talk about it. No, I I mean, we talked about it pre-show, right? Wes Hodkowitz put out an article for Packers.com. Locker room kind of locked in. It is what it is. They've got three games left. Everything's still in front of them. By some, you know, chance, some luck, whatever you want to call it, if the Packers win out their final three games, they have a 95% chance to make the playoffs as that sixth seed. So everything is still technically in front of them, you know, and it seems silly to talk about playoffs with the six and eight football team, but here we are because it's still on the table for the Packers. But up first, before we get too carried away with any of those, you know, those outcomes yeah. is the Panthers on Sunday. So let's dive right in. What are your uh, initial impressions of this matchup and this Panthers team? Um, <laughs> This is a game this team has to win. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. But, you know, we've gone into a, a few of these games the last couple of weeks with a lot of reasons why this Packers team could lose or, you know, I mean, even the Bucks game, like we said, they have a great receiving core. They even have like a number of members of the defense that, you know, we gave them their flowers, Todd Bowles, et cetera, et cetera. No, 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 no. None of this here. Okay. These are, this is the worst team in football. They were the first team to get eliminated from the playoffs. They've already fired their head coach. Like this is a team in shambles and you must, you must go in and take advantage of that. 
you must go in and show we are better than you and we will stomp you. Like you have, you have to go in and beat a two and 12 team. Um, that is the, that's all. That is all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, they absolutely do. And um, this is a, a asterisk. We said all of the things about the Giants offense and how bad it was and how the Packers defense should capitalize. But the Panthers offense is 29th in the league. They're averaging 14.7 points per game. Like, if you're not firing your defensive coordinator, if you're not making any any changes, any sweeping changes to that that defensive coaching staff, you can't go in and let Bryce Young put up a 30-burger on this defense. You simply can't. I don't believe the Panthers have scored more than 27 points all season. Um, mm-hmm. Something like that. Like 20, I think their one, their highest scoring game was like against Seattle in week three or something. So not they're a struggling offense. They're they're yeah. not putting putting things together. Bryce Young has fumbles and strife five straight games like and his offensive line is really struggling I think they have like five guards on IR friend of the show Justin McCray (laughs) just signed with the Panthers and is on IR which is very sad so yeah I mean they're starting Nash Jensen at right guard he is so green he's a rookie that he doesn't have a PFF grade yet but the one that he does have is a 40 so just, I mean, like yeah. Kenny Clark, this is a defense that needs to just make Bryce Young's day really tricky. I would hope that after the dramatic week that this defense had, they feel the need to go out and play to a level that they personally feel befits their athleticism and play style whether that goes along with their defensive coordinator or not, I don't care. But guys like Kenny, guys like Rashawn, like Preston, if Devondre feels as though he did not play up to his standard, please, by all means, go out and prove uh, to us that you can still play up to that standard, right? Um, I saw that Ja was back practicing again this week. He's been practicing. I have no idea what that means. Um Let's get Eric Stokes back in the mix. You know, like this should this should be a get right game, like you said, against a very bad struggling offense. This should not be the Bryce Young breakout game. We should not be the offensive player of the week. (laughs) Yeah, like this should not be the game that Bryce Young looks back on and later in his career and say, "Yeah, my first season was so tough," and then he gets the end of season and. Oh, that 375-yard day against Green Bay at the end of the season that really kick-started my career. No, none of that, please. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I think that I'm I'm being facetious, but look, it's not just the offensive line that you can beat up against. There aren't a ton of playmakers on offense either. This isn't a team that has a Mike Evans and a Chris Godwin tandem, right? You have an Adam Thielen who's on the wrong side of his career. Jonathan he's still Mingo, putting up good numbers, though. I mean, he's like, putting up good numbers, sure, but he's not the Adam Thielen that the Packers are used to playing from his Minnesota days until this week. <laughs> Maggie, <laughs> <laughs> you know Jonathan Mingo, who is a very promising rookie, but has not had necessarily the rookie year that ne- maybe we all expected him to have. DJ Chark, who's a fine wide receiver three, but nothing spectacular. Chubba Hubbard and Miles Sanders, who, again, are good running backs on the ground, but these aren't guys that you should be giving up 100-yard days to. So 
I don't, I just don't want to hear it. Like, I don't want to hear it if they have, if Carolina lights them up, I don't want to hear it. There are no excuses. Yeah, I mean, this is an offense that has yet to score 21 points in eight straight games. And I know, like, the Packers struggled on offense to start the season, but, like, it's been a long time since the Panthers have actually been able to, like, put up points. And that's right. The joke and the concern going into this week is, like, this should be a team that the Packers can dominate on defense. Like if we're talking about get right games for Bryce young, like this is about the, the only get right game you can have. If you're the Packers defense, like it should not get any easier for Joe Barry and his defense than the Panthers this week. And we'll talk about the Panthers defense because there's, there's some things to like about the Panthers defense, but as far as the Panthers offense, it's a struggle. And I, Chuba Hubbard is on my starting roster this week because he's playing the Packers defense and but no I mean they're they're not averaging a ton of rushing yards per game like there's a lot that will play into the Packers strengths but the Packers do then need to play up to those strengths and not continue to play down to the opponents that they're seeing exactly all right let's talk about this defense then this Panthers defense their secondary is very very good their secondary is like third in passing yards. They're giving up a lot of yards on the ground. Yeah, but their secondary, I think they, they're they only averaging like 173 yards, passing yards per game. So like it is hard to move the ball on this Panthers defense. They have a very stout secondary. They're playing really well. Um, probably stings for Packers fans that Ajiro Evero is their defensive coordinator. I know Packers fans really wanted him and the product he's putting on the field, at least with the secondary, is very good but also things to like for this Packers offense right Jordan Love continuing to spread the ball around had eight different targets catching passes last week we'll see what happens with Jaden Reed still waiting on the injury report with that but he's listed with a toe and a chest so hopefully neither of those things is serious but yeah really good secondary Jordan Love's gonna have to protect the football on Sunday yeah Jeremy Chin Von Bell Xavier Woods Tacey Horn Dante Jackson yeah look the Packers are one of two teams who have not had a single game this season with a, a running back with a rushing game of 100 yards or more yet. Mm-hmm. So I guess if this is – if there's a week to do it, this is the week. Um, they're finally – I think Aaron Jones is going to be full go. You know, he played a little bit in this last week, and – on the one drive where they had him going, he looked like he was had his hair on fire. Um, I would love to see them, if that's the case, then lean on 33. Um, because when 33 plays, this offense is just... I don't know if I maybe just... I, I don't know, maybe all Packers fans feel this way about Aaron Jones, but I just feel like when he's in the game, it's like... You know, in Mario Party and like Mario Kart, when you eat a mushroom mm-hmm. and you just like explode, that's what I feel like this offense looks like with Aaron Jones on the field. He got the star and now he's just like immune for, you know, 30 seconds. Yeah. Or- like it's just like it's another level with Aaron Jones out there. And it's interesting because it should be a good test because this, despite this being such a young offense and such a young passing attack, this really has just been a passing offense this season for the Packers. Yes. Yeah. 
Like which in makes Jordan Love's performance that much more impressive. Right. Um, and so it should, it, if they can move the ball, like you said, against a secondary that has not given up a ton of yards, again, kudos to Jordan Love, kudos to these young receivers and tight ends, kudos to Matt LaFleur. Um, but I really, really, really would love to see the Packers just like grind this out on the ground because again, then you're keeping the offense off the field. You're giving your defense like what's the best defense not having the offense on the field. And quite frankly, with how little I trust this defense right now, don't even have them on the field. All good. Um, again, I'm being a little facetious, but at the same time, like if that's the weakness, exploit the weakness. Now all of a sudden you have your best, one of your best playmakers back. I would like to see a lot of 33. That's fine by me. Yeah. And I, I think the, the thing that I'm most looking for is putting up points. You know, we talked about the struggles that the Packers have had in the red zone in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we saw the the fourth down attempt to Jaden Reed that didn't connect Packers, of course, fortunate to get the ball back on a turnover and they were able to punch in for the score last week. But the Panthers defense is 31st in the league in red zone defense. (laughs) They're allowing touchdowns 71% of the time. 71%. The Packers offense this season is scoring 50% of the time. So if they get into the red zone, they need to capitalize. And it's not like a, hey, you can't settle for three here because the Panthers are going to, you know, put up a zillion but it's, I think it's the principle of the thing. It's like you got to get your red zone offense fixed because Vikings, there's some teams coming yeah. that are going to put up points. And yeah, I just Tucker Craft, I really like 6 5 in the red zone. Like he's been a lot of fun. He can make plays all over the field. But I think we're starting to see more from these offensive pieces. And if Christian Watson comes back, that'll help. Jaden Reed, of course, had the really nice touchdown last week as well. So like the Packers just need to capitalize. Like they need to start putting together completing or completed drives. And I think that's where like Aaron Jones coming back will also help. Well, it sounds like this is a great week to do it. Um, Absolutely. So it sounds like they will. And, and I have a feel, I mean, they've had what 10 red zone trips in the last handful of games and they've converted on five. So it's time. And again, I just, and I, I hate to harp back onto the Aaron Jones thing, but I feel like when you do have 33 out there as that extra threat, especially in the red zone. And again, he hasn't played this season, but, and like they hardly use him in the red zone, but, (laughs) but when he is out there, he is that extra threat and you can use him in a variety of different ways that'll test your defense because he, if they did use him, he would be a great red zone threat um, because he is so shifty. So it'll be fun. It'll be interesting to see who plays. I think, Um, You mentioned it before, but they have been able to spread the ball around quite nicely. Um, And I find that his two like top red zone targets being Reed and Christian Watson at this point um, being questionable will definitely be interesting. Um, So we'll see what happens there. But I do love your point in Tucker Craft just being like a really big red zone target being six, five, um, kind of exploiting some of those matchups, but just clean football here. I think just clean football, time of possession, no turnovers. This is like the most winnable game on their schedule all season. This should not be, this should be a game that they take by the reins and like run away from like from 
go. This is going to be one of those games, right, where the, the Packers start hot and they play from a lead, and then Joe Barry gets to play the kind of defense he likes when it's bend down break, playing from a lead, which we saw, like, but he, he played differently against the Chiefs, right, when they were always leading in that game. Like, I think the Joe Barry defense looks a lot different when they're trailing, but it's going to be one of those performances where the Packers come up, put up a ton of points, and the defense just, like, plays with their hair on fire, and then it's going to be like, what was the problem? Like, we're fine. I don't understand what the issue was. But, no, I the thing about this offense that's so weird to me, and I guess it's not weird given the season that they've had, but, like, Mm-hmm. The red zone or the rushing touchdowns, I should say. Like Aaron Jones yeah. has two. Jordan Love has two. Jaden Reed has two. AJ yeah. Dillon has one. AJ Dillon still has the most scrimmage yards on the team, but the fact that they're not like punching in the ball at the like at the goal line with the running backs is interesting. It seems like they get down into like inside the 10 and they just chuck it four times. You know, and I'm curious if Aaron Jones coming back. (laughs) But I'm curious if Aaron Jones coming back changes any of that. You know, like he gives them. Problem with Rodgers too, though. They have. I I feel like this was. I mean, 2020 was an anomaly where they were just like money in the red zone. But 2021 and 2022, I felt like they would get inside like the five, and things just things with things just got really hard in that really short yardage where they just couldn't punch it in. And I don't, and I agree with you, right? Where I don't, but like they've had trouble with those like inside zone, like just grab like a couple of yards, you know, not in the red zone too. So I don't know necessarily if it's a red zone thing or a blocking thing or an AJ Dillon thing, or, you know, um, cause they did that with Aaron Rodgers too. So but you're right. I mean, they're using it's it's funny because the rushing touchdowns are coming from players that you not wouldn't necessarily expect and in ways you wouldn't necessarily yeah. expect. Right. Like the end arounds, like those are technically rushing touchdowns or like the QB keepers. So to me, honestly, though, I don't care <laughs> Like yeah. I, if they get in the end zone, they like get in the end zone. I don't I don't necessarily care if it's getting punched in at the two yard line, you know, by just an AJ Dillon, like bull rush or not. Touchdowns, touchdown. If you had to guess where the Packers offense ranks in third down offense, what would you guess? If I had to guess where the Packers offense ranks in third down offense, probably somewhere around average. They're sixth. Really? I was very shocked when I saw that. I yeah, I was 23rd I was thinking, in the red zone. I was thinking so. like 17. Yeah, so they're right. actually sustaining drives. And I think that's where the struggle is, is they're putting together some really nice drives. Then they get down into the red zone mm-hmm. and the, the wheels kind of fall off a little bit. So I think that's one of the things I'm looking for against this Panthers team, knowing the caliber of the defense, right? And again, we talked about them having a really good secondary if the Packers have these self-inflicted mm-hmm. wounds where they're backing themselves up five or, you know, a run is stuffed for one yard, like I want to see them able to continue that drive because that's been the Achilles heel of this team for a lot of the season is once they get backed up, the drive stalls out. And this is yeah. the kind of defense they should be able to kind of get back into a rhythm against. Yeah, 100%. 
um, that has been like the one, I think, glaring reoccurring problem. So you're correct. And it, the red zone's interesting, though, to me, because not to go harp on this too much, but like everything kind of changes in the red zone, right? Everything shrinks. Everything gets a little bit like clamped down. And defenses play differently in the red zone, too. So you're, you're you know, you may be converting between the numbers where you can stretch a defense in a way that you can't stretch a defense in the red zone. Right. And especially I think against a team like the Carolina Panthers who are going to play to their strengths in their secondary, it'll be interesting. Um, I'm excited for this one in just like the sense of two kind of young quarterbacks going head to head. I know it's going to be just like your average noon game on Christmas Eve. And I think very few people are going to watch it unless you're a fan of either team, but it is kind of fun. Like Bryce Young was the first overall pick in the draft. And unfortunately he's not having like the greatest season in the world for reasons, probably like outside of his control. Um, Unfortunately, when you get picked first overall, you go to a bad team. (laughs) That's how that works. Yeah. You go to a really, really bad team. And uh, sometimes you get to write the ship at that bad team, like a Joe Burrow or a Trevor Lawrence. And sometimes you get shit out of luck, uh, like a Justin Fields. I mean, not that he was the first overall pick, but you know what I mean when you get yeah. picked high. Um, and I, I find it really unfortunate when I watch these like really young talent, like amazing talents have to. I mean, he's going to, it's going to be, you know, like same with Baker, you know, like he went through how many coaches in his first few years and now he's already on his like fourth team, third team. And yeah, and leading them potentially to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. um, he's like, what, still on his rookie contract and he's already known as a journeyman quarterback. It's just, <laughs> so, you know, Bryce is going to be on his second coach in two years and um. You just hope it doesn't stunt his development. I've gone on a tangent now. My point was, you know, young first-round pick versus young first-round pick. I know quarterbacks don't actually play against each other, but just next wave of the league. Very fun. Very exciting. Yeah, and I mean, I think, like, one of the things I'm looking at with this game, and you feel bad, right? Like, whenever you're like, oh, they got to get after the young guy, like, it's it's not – personal it's not that we don't want Bryce Young to succeed in the league but like this just it has to be a game that I think the Packers dominate in all three phases and if they don't that's where your concern comes in like the Packers they're still the only team in the league at a net zero for turnover differential which is still fascinating to me the Panthers are negative six like we talked about it Bryce Young has a fumbling problem like they need to get some turnovers and kind of lost in I, I said this on uh, Pack a Day, but I think what was lost in the Tampa game because it was such a bad loss for the Packers. Kenny Clark has a career high in sacks this year. He had two sacks against Tampa, so now yeah. his his career total or his season total is six point five, and he'd never had more than six before. So like, this is a big opportunity for Kenny. Rashawn's I think like a half sack away from his his career high for a season. So like, there's a lot for these guys to play for and you know that they all have chips on their shoulders after everything that went down this week. So hopefully this is an opportunity for them 
to just really go out and like get some momentum going because we talked about it, right? They were on such a high after the Chargers and the Lions and the Chiefs. And we said, you don't want to get too high because Matt LaFleur said they're gunning for them. Mm-hmm. And you skid and you lose to the Giants and the Bucks. And suddenly the things that were supposed to be easy are really hard. But now that their backs are against the wall, Maddie tends to coach his best when his back yeah. is against the wall. Yeah. I just want to see like a clean performance in all three phases on Sunday. Agreed. Yeah, Mr. December, Kenny Clark. Um, Before we wrap, there is one other thing that I feel like we have to mention um, because it's kind of a big deal. And that's if Jaden Reed plays in this game, because we mentioned he's hurt. But if he plays in this game, he is one catch away and two catches away from tying and subsequently beating Sterling Sharp's rookie catch record for the Green Bay Packers. So for those of you out there watching, um, Jaden Reed has the potential to break a Packers all-time record, rookie catch record, um, which is really sweet. Like really, really, really sweet because um, that's being in a really, I don't even know, special club with a very special name. Um, And I think it's been a very long time since a Packers rookie receiver that I can remember has had a season like Jaden Reed. And it, it feels like it's just starting for him and he has three games. So this could be a record that stays on the books for quite some time because I'm imagining he's going to have way more than three catches ahead of him. So, be on the lookout for that because um, that's huge. He also like had no idea um, until Wes told him in the locker room. And I think he had a great response. Again, we're plugging all of Wes's content, which I feel like we don't <laughs> do enough because Wes has amazing content. If you don't follow Wes Hockowitz, you should be. He's, um, he's great. Also a friend of the show. Um, but he did a great article on Jaden and basically Jaden was like, wow, that's really special and amazing to be in that company. But also I'm just here to win games and contribute to this team. And I just love that attitude so much. So we're cheering on Jaden for this personal accomplishment, even if he himself is just ready to do his 111th. Yeah. And I think this uh, can finally put the narrative to bed that the Packers need to take offensive weapons in the first round because it's early, <laughs> obviously, but the contribution you're getting from your second round wide receiver from both Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft, like the Packers know what they're doing defensively <laughs> remains to be seen, yeah. but they can find their guys second rounds and the wide receivers for green Bay go together, like peanut butter and jelly. Like it's, yeah. it's a good call. Yeah. This has been a, obviously a very special season for the Rook and it really feels like it's only up because it's been very, very fun watching him play. And he clearly has a very special connection with our QB. So love that for him. And I think as soon as he hits that, I hope nobody throws the ball into the stands and he gets <laughs> to keep it. So <laughs> plugging that as well. Um, we're Jaden Reed fans on this podcast. Yeah. For all the Packers that watch Packs What She Said on YouTube, don't throw the ball into the stands if you're excited <laughs> for Jaden. Um, really quick, let's uh, let's run through our score predictions for this one before we wrap it up. 
I think this is one the Packers offense actually does hit 30. Okay. Um, they just feel like they're right at the precipice of it if they play a clean game. So I do unfortunately have very little faith in this defense. So I do think the pack the Panthers do unfortunately hit 21, but just 21. So I'm going 31-21 Packers. So weirdly, the last two times the Packers and Panthers played, the Packers have won 24 to 16. I don't think that's going to happen a third time. I don't think lightning's going to strike a third time, but I think we're going to see like 24, 14. Like I kind of think it's going to be lower scoring. I hope the Packers put up a ton of points. I would love to see them get over 30 since it's been a long time coming, but yeah, I'm going to say like 24, 14. And I think hopefully we'll see a lot of time taken off the clock by the Packers offense with some sustained drives. Love it. All right. Very different for us. We almost Mm -hmm. never have disagreeing, scores so we'll see love it yeah this was a lot of fun if you celebrate hopefully you have a wonderful christmas we're hoping that the packers you know can start off your christmas eve the right way and not the wrong way um maybe that'll be the the, you know the nice present that you get this year is the packers finally look competent in all three phases at the same time and get back to their winning ways so you don't have to talk to your family about what went wrong for that packers team because I don't like doing that at my holiday gatherings either, but (laughs) as always for listening to the show, you can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. You can find the podcast everywhere. You find your favorite audio podcasts on all of these streaming sites. You can find us on YouTube at PAX, what she said, make sure you like and subscribe to the show if you've not done that already. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a great holiday. If you celebrate and enjoy the game on Sunday, go pack, go. Go pack, go.